everybody and welcome back to another episode of Frequent Cries Club podcast. My name is Julia and I'm joined by the absolutely wonderful Grace as always and today we're going to be talking about putting people on a pedestal and all the problems that are associated with that, whether you're putting somebody who is considered a celebrity on a pedestal or whether that's somebody in your life, um, we are going to talk about why that's problematic and also some of the tips and tricks we have for I guess, getting around that. Absolutely. Um, So let's just dive in and talk a little bit about what we were up to for the past week or so. I spent the weekend with Julia. I went to her house, um, drove up there, and it was so much fun. We went to Ikea. We did a little Ikea haul. Um, We went to Zara (laughs) to exchange my pants, and it was successful. Um, But... Ikea. First, let's just talk about it. (laughs) I want the drum sack. If you know, you know. I did not know. If you know, you know. There was this like, it was trendy on TikTok. And this is the funniest part. So Julia thought I was whack. I texted her. I was like, Julia, I need to go to Ikea. I need to get this bag. And she's like, okay, like you do you. And like, well, she sends me what looks like a reusable shopping bag. And I was like, why is that $30? Essentially. And you were just like, okay, like, nice like all right we can and she's like i'm down to go to ikea um so we go to ikea and we are like going into those displays we're like opening the fridge in like the kitchens we're like (laughs) picking up every item on the table and i'm like hunting for my drum sack because i looked online and it said that they were in stock at the location and we get there and they're out of stock and I'm so upset. I'm like, we literally made this trip for the drum sack. We bought other things as well. But I honestly, the only reason I came to visit Julia was to, <laughs> to be closer to an Ikea yeah. to get a drum sack. And I couldn't get one. So then we get home. And Julia's like, okay, like I need to see, you need to show me what this drum sack actually is. Because like, why are you so obsessed with it? And also, can I just say, Grace is walking through Ikea the whole time, like drum sack. <laughs> like she's like... <laughs> She's so obsessed with this bag. She was like, okay, please like explain to me the hype around this. I know Julia would like yeah. Julia would like be somewhere too long and I'd be like drum sack by her ear. <laughs> She's like, get the fuck away from me. But anyways, so I show her on TikTok what it is because this bag went viral on TikTok. If you're active on TikTok, you know. Um and so I showed her and she was like immediately, you were captivated. Yeah, I was like, where can I get one? <laughs> Like, I wanted one, too. So then we were both, like, yeah. all weekend long, like, looking to see if they were back in stock. And then it was all- taken off the website the next day. Yeah. yeah. So we don't know what's happening. Um, If you have a drum sack, please DM us. Please DM us. We want to know <laughs> where you got it. We want to know if it's worth the hype. Um, And if it comes back in stock, also DM us, please. Yeah. I was watching, like, drum sack like review videos no. on YouTube like people like sh- yeah after you showed me I was like because I was like I need to see the compartments I need to see everything people like going through all the pockets and was it good talking about how sturdy it was it honestly was good it looked it looked pretty sexy and you can convert it so. from tote to backpack form which is amazing because sometimes totes uh, can be annoying but yeah anyways so that was yeah. we were on the hunt for that and one favorite that Grace and I have for this week, which I know we never do, but something that's brought us both a lot of joy this week is literally a thermo flask, like big boy 1.2 liter water bottle. Yes. And you can find them at Costco for everybody in Canada. Shed above. Um, but they're amazing. They come with a sippy cup, sippy cap, like a straw cap. <laughs> yeah. And also just like a like a twist cap. Yeah. Um, but 
honestly, like, if here's your reminder to drink more water if you're not drinking enough water. Yeah, it's like a Hydro Flask knockoff, essentially, but it's way cheaper. Yeah. You can get, like, a two-pack for, like, $30 at Costco, Canadian Costco, um, and yeah. it's incredible. I saw Bev, my good friend Bev. I was on FaceTime with her, and she was, like, drinking out of this sippy cup, and I was, like, immediately, like, I want it <laughs> because I've always – I've wanted a Hydro Flask for so long. I want, like, the yeah. straw lid, but I can't justify spending $50. Yeah on a water yeah. bottle so yeah lululemon yeah. has them too if you feel like really treating yourself but or you can just go to costco yeah that's our recommendation costco. for the week should we get into it do you have anything else to so, share yeah no that's it i just like drum sack please <laughs> like if you know where it is man <laughs> like <laughs> Okay, so maybe we can get started with a definition of what it means to put somebody on a pedestal. So I think there's two main ways you can put somebody on a pedestal. And first, it's the people in your life, whether that is somebody you're having a romantic relationship, platonic, familial, whatever it is, even work relationship, you are essentially putting somebody else's persona and their wants and beliefs above your own. And then the second type is, I think, very common is putting people who are either celebrities, influencers, public figures on a pedestal of being better um, than yourself, of being almost like a perfect individual. And I think in both of these cases, what's incredibly important is that you are essentially putting somebody above yourself. To put somebody on a pedestal, obviously, is to put them higher than you, to prioritize them over you, to look up to them. Yeah. And I think it gets to the point where that can be problematic when you are not um, respecting yourself and when you are not, I guess, like when you're prioritizing somebody else's needs over your own. I guess another way of saying putting somebody on a pedestal is like romanticizing a yeah. person. Yeah, for sure. Because you are, right? Like you're romanticizing them to think that mm -hmm. they're better than you or they're perfect in some way um, or they like have these amazing qualities that other people don't have or that you don't have. Um, and yeah, it's not good. It's not good because it's just a way essentially to, I guess, confine somebody. And this is a quote from Gloria Steinem. So it is... A pedestal is as much a prison as any small confined space. Yeah. And when you really think about it, it essentially means that when you put somebody on a pedestal, you are confining them to this elevated level that you've put them on. There's no room for them to be human. No. There's no room for them to like make a mistake or disappoint you in some way because you've elevated them. Yeah. And we've already talked about this, the idea of writing narratives in your head that you don't share with other people and then you get disappointed when other people don't play their part effectively and i think this happens specifically when you put somebody on a pedestal when you idolize somebody so it's important to check your expectations if you see yourself writing that kind of narrative and becoming really attached to it just take a step back remind yourself that life is literally chaotic you can't um you can't predict what somebody else is going to do so i think Prepare yourself for whatever situation you're going to be in, but also prepare yourself to adapt to things not being the exact way that you want them to be, to people not being the exact way you want them to be. And I'm honestly so guilty of that. I'm so guilty. And I think we all are in some way, but like I can just like pinpoint several romantic relationships when I've like done that. 
written my own narrative essentially romanticized the relationship romanticized the person um yeah and so i think i was saying to julia earlier there's this like thing that i do um and i i think i've outgrown it as i've gotten older but there was this thing I used to do in romantic relationships in that I would start talking to somebody, for example, in like the beginning stages, the talking stages of a romantic relationship. And I would have a really great time when I was with the person. And then when I would leave, I would be like romanticizing everything and like writing this narrative for them in my brain because I was so excited about them, obviously. And like in that time away from them, when they were on yeah. my brain, I was like, oh my gosh, well, okay, like, we're going to like probably end up dating in a few weeks and like he's going to treat me so well and he's going to meet my parents and like come to Christmas dinners with me and my family's going to love him and like he's so perfect he's so funny he's active Mm -hmm. he's all these things that I guess like the qualities that I was looking for in a person I sort of just like projected onto him or like just assumed that he had these are the things that we do. And I think it happens more so when you're away from the person because that's when you have the time to like stew on it and like think about it. Yeah, I mean, this is such a bad example. And I apologize for bringing this up. But like, if you take, for example, the show The Bachelor and a lot of dating shows, I love it. Like reality TV dating shows, right? Um, on the show, when they are going on beautiful romantic dates and they're only seeing each other for like 30 minutes every few days or whatever. It's so easy to romanticize someone and to think this is my person. They're so incredible. Um, But then so many of the couples get divorced or end their engagement after they leave the show because you're going from this idyllic, um, spending so much time away from them to living together, spending all your time together, having to figure out all these logistical adult things. Um, And I think that happens a lot with just regular relationships like you're right in that dating phase it's so easy to put somebody on a pedestal and to think that they're incredibly amazing um and then when you actually start dating them you kind of find out the ways that they're either a horrible person or they're a good person but they're just not perfect like nobody is no one is my biggest problem with that My biggest problem with you, um, no, the thing that I think is the most, the biggest problem is that if you're putting somebody on a pedestal, then you are not necessarily respecting your own needs in that situation. Like you are not seeing yourself as equal to that person, like, which means Mm -hmm. you are going to sacrifice the things that you want, the values that you have, whatever it may be for this person if they ask you to. So when you're really excited about somebody, I think you're going to let your best judgment um, kind of you know, go on vacation, disappear a little bit. Oh, like, yeah. You're definitely letting oh, yourself yeah. um, kind of fall into that fantasy, which is great, but then you're leaving yourself a lot of space to get to become disappointed and to be mm-hmm. let down. I love that you just said that because there's this quote um, from this show on Netflix called Bojack Horseman. It's like a cartoon. <laughs> I thought it was like gonna be like stupid kind of like kind of like family guy something like that but it ended up actually being like a very deep show that talks a lot about the human condition i would totally recommend it but there's this one quote um where one of the characters says red flags look a lot like white flags when you look at somebody through rose-colored glasses true and 
that's what putting somebody on a pedestal or romanticizing them is. It's you're looking at them through rose-colored glasses. So maybe things that are red flags, you'll ignore or you'll put them to the wayside because you think that they're so great. And so many of like my friends and myself included, um, one of the main things I think about putting somebody on a pedestal is that you then think that you will not find anybody better and that like this person is like the perfect match for you in all of these ways and so when you break up with the person um you feel like crap I won't find anybody better like I've seen that happen to my friends who have broken up with people um it's happened to me like in the talking stages I've like held on or I guess let a lot of things that weren't proper for me weren't right for me I've let them slide um because I was like I won't find anybody I won't find anybody better like this isn't that big of a deal to me you're left even more gutted at the end of something because not only did you elevate this person and put them on a pedestal but you also devalued yourself and devalued your own needs (laughs) kind of a weird thing to bring up but I saw this TikTok the other day Um, And I don't know what the audio is from, but it's basically saying, like, I miss the girl that you once were. And she's saying, yeah, well, she was easy to kill. And I think um, what I took from that is that I think so often, again, the generalization, but so often women in society are told to kind of like make themselves smaller or in rom-coms, you see men being completely idolized. So you're taught to put a romantic partner, and again, this is very heteronormative, but to put a romantic partner, often a man, above yourself. And in doing that, you are making yourself kind of lesser, maybe a little bit like weaker in that situation. And I think it is, one of the things I'm trying to focus on right now is to, I guess, be more strong with my values and going to bat for myself like not letting people walk all over me, not putting people on a pedestal, like recognizing that I am, except in certain circumstances, like generally I am equal to the people that I am engaging with and I need to act that way. For sure. Because if you are putting somebody above you, then you're literally telling yourself that you're less important than them. Yeah. And that's, yeah, on so many levels, it's a really hard thing to do. And I think... um, a really bad thing to do. And I think one of the ways that I've tried to combat that is being very clear about my values and what I want up front. So for example, say you are looking for to meet new friends, to meet a romantic partner, uh, whatever it is, maybe you're looking for a certain job. Um, I think it's really useful to at least like think about, maybe write out what your values are and like what your deal breakers are because sometimes when you are in the middle of a kind of like the talking stage or meeting new people and it's exciting you kind of let those things go um and i think it's really important to have a physical reminder okay like having somebody who is it's a really bad example but having somebody who's a nice person is a deal breaker for me yeah so if this person is not a nice person then i shouldn't be spending time with them you know how you know how it goes and I think that can apply to 100% a lot of different situations but you should be putting your values especially your deal breaker values above literally anything else like you should be putting those on a pedestal not not somebody else for sure yeah if it's something if they do something and it doesn't I guess fit the narrative that you've created in your brain um and you feel sort of like wronged in some way I I'm asking you Julia have you ever kept something from a friend 
that a romantic partner has done because you wanted to keep the image of like that of them being like a really good person in your in their brain have you done that yeah I've done that with friends and I've done it with romantic partners um I just remember so many times in high school um this is with friends but in high school like a friend would do something to me that I knew was not good and I would not tell my mom because I knew as soon as I told my mom she would just it was like like her obviously her perception of that person is different right um for sure and that's happened to me even with romantic partners like there's some things that have happened and not nothing nothing horrible but there's some things that have happened that I haven't told other people about um or haven't always told other people about because I guess I am defending this person in my head and I'm thinking oh well like I don't want I don't want my friends to have a skewed perception of this person now because of this one incident um yeah but I think where you need to be careful is when those incidences compile and it starts to become a pattern because that person is just not not it well I've talked about it well, I've talked about in previous episodes the I don't have the mental capacity to deal with yeah. you right now person. Yeah. I think that was in our vulnerability episode. But essentially with that situation, I kept that from my friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you, Julia. I didn't tell like one of my one of my closest friends, Sarah. Like I didn't tell anybody um, for at least like yeah. a week and a half yeah. because in my brain I knew I was like, holy smokes, this is a massive deal breaker. Mm-hmm. This is not it. This is like really bad and I knew for a fact when I told Sarah when I told you you guys would be like cut this man (laughs) cut this man and you know obviously it wasn't like horrible like it's not like I was be I was being like like hurt in any in like in a bad way but it was like just like a very emotionally unintelligent thing to say and like not it it just wasn't it yeah it wasn't it at all and it's funny because you say I didn't tell anybody for a week and a half and like some people might laugh at that but you are somebody who like you confide in your friends so much right I do so for sure not saying anything for that period of time especially given what he said to you I think is um definitely a sign that you're like oop yeah that wasn't good and I think I was just saying, I think to anybody listening, like, if you kind of see yourself in that, and I'm, I'm sure we've all done it, but if mm-hmm. there's something that happens with a friend or a romantic partner and you think, like, ugh, better not tell the people in my life, otherwise they're going to think I should cut this person out, then maybe you should be thinking, hmm, should hmm. I cut this person out? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Because for the most... For the most part, hopefully, all of your friends have your best interests at yeah. heart. And, like, they can see this person from a more um, objective viewpoint yes. than you can. Yeah. They can see, they can evaluate the whole picture because I'm sure you've told them good things. Mm-hmm. Um, they can evaluate the whole picture and and sort of, I guess, give it to you straight up. And I don't want to, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that you have to tell your friends every yeah. single thing that happens yeah. because there's some things that are private. There's fights that are private. There's situations that are private I'm not saying you have to tell your friends every single thing but it's kind of like you know there was that one like quote that they said when we were in elementary school which like I disagree with but it was like oh like before you post on social media think would you want your grandmother to see that (laughs) and it's like obviously like or would you show your grandmother and it's obviously like you don't show your grandmother every time you're gonna post but like if Mm -hmm. it's something you know what I mean if it's something she could come across like that's just like what you think about in your brain so the way I think of it it's like, no, I don't have to tell my friends every single thing. But if someone does something to me, like, huh, what would my friends think of this? Yeah. What would my mom think of this? Yeah. And like, 
you don't necessarily have to present the issue to them, but it is something to think about as like a little, I guess, uh, boundary check. Definitely. And going back to, I guess, putting somebody on a pedestal, I think that frame of mind largely comes from seeing somebody as irreplaceable and seeing somebody as seeing a person as somebody that you have to desperately hold on to. Um, But I think a really big part of growing up is recognizing that people are going to leave your life and you are going to be fine regardless. Like, obviously, there's going to be losses that are going to be really, really hard, but you are going to be fine no matter what, because in yourself, you are fine. Like, you are a self-contained person. You can exist without these other people in your life, even if it maybe feels like you can't. And I think a lot of times in romantic books and movies and just like in our general narrative on romance in our culture, um, we're kind of sold that line about, oh, I can't live without you. I can't live without this person. I can't live without this friend. I can't live without this boyfriend. I can't live without this like whoever. But you can literally live without anybody. And it may be really hard and you may need to like seek out help but you can. And so if you're putting somebody on a pedestal as being essential in your life or being somebody that you need to hold on to for dear life, then of course you're going to sacrifice your needs, mm-hmm. your wants, your desires. Like, I, 100%. Actually, 100%. It's something we all do, but it's so damaging. It is. It's such a damaging narrative. You're so right. And I also do want to bring up, so like with breakups, for example, Mm -hmm. because you're saying when you can't live without a person, a lot of the time breakups are like, you live without the person. Yeah. It's like the person is is dead to you. They're they're gone. They're out of your life. It was somebody who was like a massive component of your life, one of your best friends, and now they're gone. They're Mm -hmm. not in your life anymore. And one thing that I that I will say, um, like I have friend I have a friend who's going through a breakup right now, and we were talking and they were just essentially saying that they want to like reach out to the person and they want to like you know like they're really missing them and all this stuff and Julia's shaking her head right now like it's I think but I do think that time away from a person kind of makes you romanticize them all over again do you know what I mean I think like you you sort of tend to like forget the reasons why the relationship ended um and tend to just like elevate the good memories and romanticize all the good parts of the relationship and then it's like these little things of like oh, every little thing reminds me of them. And it's like, okay, but like, this is like allowing yourself to be reminded of them at every turn. I get at some points it's inevitable, but bro, when you're in a relationship with somebody for six months, dude, when you get in the car, you could be like, oh, this reminds me of them. We used to go for car rides together. (laughs) Oh, we used to eat together. Yeah, like literally every time you're eating, you're like, oh, I remember when I used to eat with him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're like lying at night. You're like, oh, I remember we used to sleep together. <laughs> like, literally. Like You honestly anything, can't do that with anything. everything. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, make make the choice to also remind yourself of the bad parts. And I think um, there's a sort of, I guess, French psychologist. His name is uh, Guy Vinch. Mm. And... We'll put his we'll put his TED talk in the description, but he does an amazing TED talk called "How to Deal with Heartbreak." Some people might know him as, as Guy Wench, correct? They would, yeah, know him as, like Guy Wench. But I know I'm just but I'm just clarifying that you might have you might know him by Guy Wench. 
You might. You, I'm just so français. <laughs> Keep going. But that is the correct pronunciation of his name. <laughs> but yeah, it's Skywood. Oh. Um, so he, he essentially um, he essentially did this amazing TED talk, and it was how to deal with a broken heart. And he essentially talks about writing an entire list of all the reasons why um, the breakup happened or all the reasons why this person wasn't good for you and honestly all like the bad memories basically. And anytime that you're like romanticizing this person, you can look at this physical list, notes on your phone or like a written down list, whatever it is, and you can remind yourself, no, this person wasn't perfect. This relationship wasn't perfect. Like nothing about a person is perfect and nothing about a relationship is perfect. If you're human, like you're not perfect. Yeah, and I think when you break up with somebody... Um, and you talk to your family or friends or whomever about it, I think it is important when you share with them that you broke up with somebody, if you feel comfortable to do so, to kind of explain to them why. And because one thing I found really helpful in the past, like when I've ended relationships with people, is I have those moments too where I think, oh my God, guys, I'm a person too. No, but I have those moments where I think, wow, like maybe I should get back together with this person or maybe I should try to be friends with this person again. And then I'll tell, I don't know, like my mom or a friend, especially my mother. And my mother's just like, they did this to you. They did that to you. You didn't like this. And then afterwards, you're like, huh. Reality check. I guess they weren't perfect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So just remember, like you've, as a logical person, like you generally do things for a reason. So if you've ended a relationship with somebody, um, there, it's not, it's generally going to be because of a good reason and try to keep those things in mind. Mm -hmm. For sure. And this is kind of going, I guess, back to the original like definition and what we were talking about with beliefs yeah. and boundaries. But I do want to I do want to talk about this quote. So this is from Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Flo Given, Florence Given. Um, she's a feminist, amazing author. And she has a chapter called Stop Putting People on a Pedestal in her book. And this is one of the main quotes that she has. When you put someone on a pedestal, you place yourself below them and project onto them the parts of yourself that you feel you lack. You may compromise your own beliefs and boundaries to keep them in your life or to please them. And the part that I find really interesting about it is when she says you project onto them the parts of yourself that you feel you lack. That's interesting. And I think that that actually goes hand in hand with the notion of not being able to live without somebody. The you're my other half, yeah. you complete me kind of idea. And that doesn't just happen. It doesn't wow, have to just be so romantic, true. right? But it is uh-huh. like, oh my goodness, this person, you know, I'm s- bad example. I'm so bad at math, but this person's good at math. So if I live with them in the future, then like they can do our task. Like, you know what I mean? Like, obviously yeah, that's a horrible no. example, but it's the, it's the notion <laughs> of like, I yeah. need you to complete me. The idea that you yes. are not complete as your own person, which is incorrect because you are. You are. Yeah. You are. And it's because I think I think we're more vulnerable. We're, we're more willing and vulnerable to enter into bad relationships or to enter into relationships when we elevate people, when we're feeling bad about ourselves, oh, yeah. when we're feeling like we're lacking something, when we're insecure, when we're feeling low. Um, you know, which is why I think this is one of the main reasons I believe people should wait a while um, after getting out of a relationship to like start dating again type of thing. Um, But 
yeah, when you're vulnerable and you're feeling badly about yourself, you're more likely to enter into into something that's that's negative for you. I've been there, done that. And like you do project, you project onto them the things about yourself you feel you lack. You think, oh, they're an incredible person. Like they're so amazing. They're so kind hearted. They're so smart. Um, they're so attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you're feeling like bad about yourself, when you're maybe feeling like, at your lowest point, you don't feel attractive at, at this present time. Like you don't feel good about yourself. You are willing to like, I guess, project that all onto this person um, because you can't recognize the own talent, the own beauty, the own gifts that you have as a person. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So I think in terms of combating the habit that we all have of putting other people on a pedestal, specifically people in our lives, we know that can be so damaging and can result in prioritizing other people over yourself. But I think a really, well, I think an effective way for me to combat that has been to remind myself that I am equal to other people. And that may seem really basic, but I think For example, in a social situation, if somebody, you know, I used to see every interaction as, did that person like me? And I would generally base my feelings off of the interaction on whether I felt I perceived that person to like me. Whereas now, when I go into a social interaction, I'm also, and this may sound so silly to some people who have always done this, but I remind myself, okay, did I like that person? Did I even like them? Because I would so often focus on how did I come off to the other person, which I know is it's self-conscious, it's narcissistic, but like I would focus on how I was perceived by them. And now Mm -hmm. I go into it more with the mindset, okay, well, I'm also not allowed to, you know, like how somebody handled something, or I'm also not allowed to not want to be friends with somebody like, and I go into that situation and I think, okay, is this good for me? Do I want this? Um, do I want to have a relationship with this person? Did I enjoy spending time with this person? Not, did they enjoy spending time with me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. And that's me putting people on a pedestal that I don't even really know. Like, that's me essentially going into any situation with any random person and pretty much putting them on a pedestal. Which, yeah. Or maybe someone you don't even like. Exactly. Yeah. And you're putting their opinion of you above your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like... And, external validation you know i've had for sure i've had situations where like i've been insulted by someone um honestly like earlier this year julia's laughing because she knows the exact story i'm talking about but basically i had a situation that happened earlier this year where essentially like somebody called me unattractive or essentially like not attractive enough um yeah. and it was like rough and i was it actually like took me out for a few days like i was like oh my god like this is awful like I actually let it I actually let it like hurt me and then I really thought about it and I was like okay do I actually care about this person's opinion of me and I really thought about it and I was like I actually do not care (laughs) like I do not care I actually do not care (laughs) (laughs) yeah like literally bro I was like out here I was like I was like taken out yeah and it like really it really hurt me and that's fair it's okay like words are gonna hurt no matter what but I think you get to be the deciding factor of like whether or not this person's opinion matters to you and in this case it fucking didn't so bye yeah I 
it's funny one time I was I was talking to my therapist and I said to her I was like girl I want to be the kind of person who Mm -hmm. is so has such a massive internal locus of control who's so internally validated that if somebody says literally anything to me I don't care and she's like Julia most 40 50 year old women don't even feel that way and yeah I know I know that but that is honestly my goal is to be the at the point where I recognize I don't want to be a narcissist like I don't want to be thinking that I'm better than everybody else but I do want to be unflinching when people criticize me if I don't agree with that criticism I want to be open yeah I want to be open to criticism from people that I respect and from people that are close to me um and I want to try to improve myself based on that criticism but I do not want to let just random people whose opinions that I do not value influence the way that I feel about myself. And that is... Absolutely. It is a goal because I am not even close to being there yet. But I think it's a good thing to strive for. (laughs) It is a good thing to strive for, but I also do believe that it's not entirely possible. Yeah. I think words hurt no matter what. Like, words are going to hurt. Yeah. But I agree with you. It is possible to be, like... It is possible to, like, not, I guess, absorb the opinion of other people. And I think in general, like, obviously, we're always going to have times where we are feeling, I don't want to say weak, but just kind of moments where we're not doing as well as we normally are. And I know I'm not always going to be completely unflinching if somebody insults me. Um, (laughs) But generally, I want to just, I just want to respect myself enough to to think okay how do I feel about myself okay say this person yeah said mm-hmm. I'm unattractive or say they said that I'm not smart okay do I think I'm smart do I think I'm attractive because I think that's more important agreed completely yeah yes yeah so your opinion of yourself always like matters the most yeah so I think remind yourself going into a social situation professional situation romantic situation that you are Obviously, you have to adhere to, like, your boss's expectations or whatever it may be. But generally, you are, when it comes down to being people, you are equal with somebody else. And especially Mm -hmm. in a social or romantic situation, you are equal. So if you are like me and you go into a situation thinking, how can I come off the best way I can to this other person? Maybe start considering how you feel about that person in the first place like does this interaction make Mm -hmm. me feel good how do I feel because I think we really need to I think the goal essentially is to elevate yourself to the level that you are putting somebody else or maybe to bring that Mm -hmm. down a little bit because I think we're like putting people up on pedestals like idols so I think we need to bring everybody to the same level and just recognize that no like you're as equally we need to bring everybody to the same level and recognize that you're equal to somebody else. Intrinsically, you are. For sure. Of course. And, okay, so should we give just, like, a few try-something-news on how to take people off pedestals? Sure. You want to get started? Sure. So my advice is to identify the things in other people that you are admiring or idolizing. Yeah. Um, and see if 
those are things that you feel you lack. So for example, if you're elevating like a fitness influencer, for example, um, and you're, the thing that you're idolizing about them is like their body or how often they work out. So first of all, if it's their body, uh, <laughs> cut that shit out. <laughs> cut, th- cut that shit out. If it's their body. If it's their body or if it's their like a- attractiveness, you do have to cut that shit out because yeah. that's like something that you can't, you can't be the same as somebody else, no matter like how hard you how hard you try or what you put yourself through. And I just want people to like understand that and like cut that. You can recognize somebody's beauty without like idolizing them or elevating them above you. Yeah. Um, but for example, if it's like their level of fitness, okay, but like you intrinsically, like you probably have the ability to be like a really fit person as well who goes to the gym regularly. And I'm not talking fit in the context of body shape. I'm talking about fit in the context of somebody who like <laughs> makes exercise like a lifestyle habit. Sorry, yeah. fuck diet culture. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you yeah. can like, this is something that you're idolizing about this person, but like you have these these qualities and these traits as well. You just haven't allowed them to come to fruition. Yeah. And I think my try something new for this week is to remind yourself repeatedly that you are equal to the other people in your life and whether you want to do some morning mantras in front of the mirror or whether you just want it to be kind of like an internal reminder whatever works for you remind yourself that you are equal to the people in your life that your opinions matter that your values matter and go into your social situations reminding yourself that you are equal for a period of time i would go into a social situation that i was a bit nervous about and i would just be in my head like okay you are equal you are deserving of love and i know that sounds so cheesy but that really helped me and i think just remind yourself that you are deserving of respect and care from other people and then go into your social situations and observe maybe how things are different when you are you know seeing yourself as equal to the people that you're interacting with yeah for sure okay so i think that's all we have to say thank you all so much for listening we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode our dms are always open at frequent criers club pod on insta it's also linked in our description below um but yeah if you enjoyed this episode we would love 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 if you give us a follow on spotify and apple podcasts and you know if you feel like doing something charitable this week um please leave us a rating and review on apple podcasts we would really appreciate that um but that's all we have for now so we hope you have a lovely week and we'll see you next time bye everybody